0: Hi, I'm your host, Kendra Green. Welcome to The Enneagram Mom. You are listening to episode number two. This is the place where motherhood and the Enneagram collide. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about what's in a name. And my hope is that it's going to be short and sweet, but also fun, informative, and encouraging. And spoiler alert, we're going to be talking about New Girl for a second, so listen in. First of all, before we get started, I just want to say that I am so thankful for this podcast space. Um, I think I would have had a little bit of a more challenging time doing this if it were a video, because... Uh, it's Friday and I just dropped all my kids off at school and I am looking a little ratchet. All right. My hair is a little bit crazy. There's no makeup on. So I'm glad that you can't see me right now. Okay. But you know, my kids started back at school this week. Like I'm sure many of yours did. Maybe you um, did the at home virtual learning option, or maybe you sent your kids to school this week. And I just want to say, I've been praying for all of my mom friends. I know that this week was challenging. Um, no matter what option you chose. Let's get talking about naming things. Naming things is so important. I've always been interested in actual names. I learned at an early age that my maiden name, Keating, uh, was an Irish name. I thought that was super cool because that's some history there. And then I learned that my name Kendra meant full of wisdom. So I felt super smart as a young kid. because I was like, well, my name means that I'm wise. Um, But, you know, naming is so important because not only call something or someone as they are, but also what it has the potential to be. Uh, You know, when Jared and I started out having children at our very young age, oh my gosh, our world turned upside down. Um, Of all the decisions we had to make, we had to decide on a baby name, right? Like so hard out of all the 50 million names out there. Somehow we figured out that since Jared's name starts with a J, my name starts with a K, that we could name all of our babies with L names. So we finally decided on the name Layla, and I'm not even sure I fully knew the name of the meaning of her name when we named her, but I later found out that Layla means born at night or dark beauty, and that the name Anne means gracious or merciful. So if you know anything about our journey um, starting off in parenting, we didn't make the best decisions. And so something that was born at night, something that was born from darkness Uh, God in his great mercy was so gracious to us and uh, redeemed us. So I just loved that when I found that out. It was like God just knew all along what her name should be. Okay, where are all of my New Girl fans at? If you have not seen New Girl, you can go find it on Netflix or Hulu. Promise me you'll go watch it. I have watched... I watched all of the seasons in real time, and then we just recently went back and started them all the way over, and I completely forgot... Not completely. I forgot how ridiculously funny it is. I was crying because I was laughing so hard the other night. But they have a name dilemma, a name issue in New Girl. If you remember they had a problem with the name Winston. So originally, the guys in the show made a rule that there could not be two Winstons. So Winston Bishop got to keep the name, and then Winston Schmidt had to go by his last name. But we didn't find that out until later. We just knew the whole name, whole time that his name was Schmidt. They eventually revealed this whole situation where they both had the first name. So later, in one of the later seasons, If you remember, the original Winston had a change of heart and realized how badly his friend needed his name back. Y'all, if they realize this in New Girl, why can't we realize this in real life? Maybe you need your name name back. Maybe today is the day that you reclaim your name, okay? Today is your day. Okay, so here's the deal. Naming is so crucial to your growth and to your health. And when we leave things unnamed, when we try to sweep it under the rug or pretend like we don't have a problem, um, it can cause confusion and uncertainty. For example, if you are going through depression, but you don't know that's what that is, you can get so confused. So when we name things, we can have them submit to the name of Jesus. We can declare that no name is greater than the name of Jesus. So naming gives us a pathway, maybe not an answer, but at least a direction. And I learned from my friend Emily P. Freeman from The Next Right Thing, I love listening to her podcast, that we look for direction and we look for arrows instead of always looking for an answer. So the Enneagram's not a fix-all tool. You're not going to figure out all the problems just by figuring out your Enneagram type, okay? It simply provides you a pathway should you choose to accept. Let's consider a disease or a cancer, some kind of medical illness, right? by knowing what it is, it can be treated. We may not have the answer. We may not have the cure, but it gives us a pathway to follow. It gives us a next step. Names give you insight and information. Naming gives you a direction to head. You have to know the name of a city before you head there. When you get in your car and you're headed in a direction, you have to put it in your your GPS if you don't know where you're going. If you hail a taxi cab, you have to tell the cab driver where you're going. So let's talk about Um, naming our feelings. Naming your feelings can be really hard, especially when you're um, types that are maybe feeling repressed. There are certain types of the Enneagram that have a harder time understanding their own feelings. So what we can do is consider why you're feeling a certain way. Like actually sitting on your feeling and not moving from that moment until you say, I feel like this because, and not saying I feel angry or I feel frustrated or I feel sad. But just saying, whatever this emotion is that I'm feeling, I feel like this because. So it's kind of like working backwards. On Tuesday, when I was taking Lainey to school, it was her first day of school, her first time going into school by herself because big sister, Lana, was now an intermediate. So uh, she looked so cute in her little Jojo Siwa bow, and she had a sparkly jacket on. She was all decked out, ready to go. So we were headed there, and I said, Lainey, how are you doing? And she said, uh... My tummy is excited. And if we think about why did she feel this way, she was going to school for the first day. We can probably conclude that she was nervous and had butterflies, but just didn't know how to say it. And I feel like that's a lot of us. We know how we feel. There's tension or maybe we are excited about something, but we don't know why. We, we need to figure out how to put language to that. And the Enneagram helps us put language to what we're feeling and language to why we do the things that we do. So there's certain Enneagram types that resonate with shame. Okay, so when we can name our shame, we can then determine that our feelings don't always tell us the truth. There's certain times that really resonate with fear. And so when we figure out if that's our type, we decide, okay, we're going to really try hard to not overthink things. And then there's some types that really resonate with anger. So when we figure that out, we can choose to try and release control. So naming those things give us the ability to remove the power from those situations, from those feelings, from those emotions, from the moment, whatever it is. We get to remove the power from that thing and realize it's not as daunting or as scary or as overwhelming as it once seemed. You know, a little bit about my own Enneagram journey. Um, The first time I found out about it, someone was like, I, it's really great. It's really helpful. Just go take a test. So I just went and took a test and my results said that I was a three. And I was like, okay, this kind of sounds like me and something just didn't sit right. It still There were some things about it that still weren't me. So I took some more time, read a little more, did my own research. Um, I think I even went through the coaching and got certified as a coach. And through getting my certification, I realized I'm actually a four. And here's what came to my mind when I realized I was a four. Is this how people really see me? (laughs) So here's what it did. First, it gave me insight to my own blind spots. I realized that people may perceived me in a certain way that I didn't think I was putting off. So then number two, it also helped me more clearly see my own challenge areas And my particular set of limitations and own them and not allow them to own me. So then three, it also helped me to feel a sense of pride that, you know what, this is how God made me. And, you know, if I want to step into the fullness of what God created me for as a human, but also as a mom or a wife or a friend, then I need to expound on those things that I am uniquely created for that make me me and don't sweat the rest of the stuff. Sure, work on yourself, but don't stress about trying to be someone you're not. I will say that discovering your type doesn't give you a pass on doing chores or doing the dishes or making dinner simply because it's not in your wheelhouse, okay? So if your Enneagram type comes back as one of the more creative ones, don't think, well, I just need to write songs and draw, and I would love to say that, but you know what? We all have normal life things that we have to do. So we all have our own Enneagram types, right? And when we learn our types, we can then take responsibility for our limitations and choose to do the heart work, not the hard work, but the heart work there and trust the fact that you are more than that. You may feel like you're doing things wrong as a mom, but it could be that you're just trying to function outside of your design. You may do things differently than the next mom, but God meant for you to be your own person. Stop looking around. Stop judging yourself based on what other people do. Because the judgment that you're feeling could be just from having unclear expectations for yourself. It may not be from anyone external, but it may be all an internal issue that we need to settle. And when you figure out your type, it helps that so much. Names aren't meant to crush you. They are meant to free you. So what is your Enneagram type? I want to help you do that. If you don't know your Enneagram type, Please email me. Please message me on Facebook, Instagram, whatever. I want to help you figure out your Enneagram type. It is my passion to help you do that, okay? In the Bible, God changes people's names, okay? So we're talking about redeeming our name today, right? We're going to find out our type and redeem the names that we have given ourselves. God changes Abram's name to Abraham. God changes Sarai. I think I'm saying that right, Sarai. To Sarah, Jacob to Israel, and then Paul into Saul because he wanted them to understand that they weren't stuck in this place, but that he was sending them to a new place, into a place of greater purpose. And I think that's what's so interesting about the Enneagram. That's what's so helpful, so transformative about it is like I said, it gives you a direction. For example, I'm a type four, so I know that I can go into a deep spiral of emotion, that I can withdraw, that I can create scenarios in my mind. um, And then it allows me to not allows, it makes me pull back and not take action. I second guess myself, Um, I really get into my head. And so I know that because I'm a type four, I have access to the type one. I can have the, I have the capability and I can get to be more principled and more disciplined. And so when I know my natural tendency is to withdraw and process internally, I can instead lean towards that type one in my health and it helps me to take action. It helps me to process my feelings. It helps me to work through things externally and not just internally. I want to take some time over our next um, few episodes and talk about the different stances, um, the different types, and where they go in stress and health. It's going to take a while to get through all of that, but it's going to be a lot of fun, and I want to help you see the warning signs that come with each type. Each type has its own set of warning signs um, and help you understand, oh, don't want to go there. I want to go in the direction of health, and so I think when you know what the direction of health is, When you name that, when you know where you're going, um, you'll be so much better for it. I hope today has helped you understand the importance of why you need to find your Enneagram type, why you need to name what your personality is. And before we move on to the next episodes, I would love to get feedback from you, and know what it is you want to know about the Enneagram, maybe as a mom, um, as a parent, maybe about your kids. Feel free to ask me anytime. I would love to be able to answer your questions. I don't want to get on here just to talk. I want my words to be useful and helpful um, for you. So please let me know if you have any questions. Before we end our time here together today, I would like to take a moment and read to you a prayer and an excerpt from Every Moment Holy, which is my favorite prayer book. But the excerpt is called A Liturgy Before Serving Others. And I think it's so important because as moms, we get so caught up in serving our kids and serving others that sometimes we just forget who we're really serving. We're really serving the Lord. So the scripture I want to offer you is from Philippians 2, 5 through 8. And it says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And here is the prayer. O Christ, who made himself the servant of all, I would set my heart and affections among you and upon you alone, for I can only serve others rightly when such service is undertaken from first to last as an act of devotion offered to you. In serving you, I am freed from my need for the praise of others, so that even in, if my kindnesses are shed from scarred hearts as rain from a sloped tin roof, my joy will not be dimmed. For I will know that you have received and remembered each act of sacrifice and reckoned it as a love rendered to you. So let my love be sincere and let my service be fearless, O Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for sharing this space with me today. I'm already looking forward to our time together next week on the Mom. See you next time.